Hello and welcome to the Series Learns podcast, hosted by Series Unified School District Superintendent Dr. Scott Siegel and Deputy Superintendent Dr. Denise Wickham. This monthly Q&A addresses topics related to education and their impact on Series students, families, and staff. To ask a question for a future episode, email communications at series.k12.ca.us. Now your hosts, Scott and Denise. Hello and welcome to Episode 5 of Series Learns. We're calling this episode Light at the End of the Tunnel because while there is no doubt that challenges of the past year have at times felt endless, we're beginning to see a glimmer of normalcy ahead. There have been several significant developments recently and Denise and I want to provide an update on what's happening. Hi Scott and hello listeners. That's right. The big news this week is that our secondary students... Students in grades 7 through 12, along with Whitmore Charter 6th grade, are back in classrooms and learning in person for the first time in more than a year. There is such a sense of excitement on all of our junior high and high school campuses. The students are happy to be back at school, and our teachers and staff are thrilled to see them. Those campuses certainly feel different than they did a week ago. Yes, they do. Our elementary campuses are feeling energized, too, with the return of TK through third grades to a four-day schedule earlier this month, and we're looking forward to a regular five-day schedule planned for all elementary students after spring break. That's right, Denise. So let's break down what's happened in the recent weeks, both with the state and local guidance for reopening, and specifically with our schools. I think it'd be good to start with the changes to public health guidelines regarding school reopenings. Now, a lot of this was spurred on by a lawsuit from San Diego that a judge put a restraining order on the California Department of Public Health in the implementation of two, specifically two parts of the reopening guidance. The first was the distance between students. California had mandated a four-foot minimum. The court said that was not okay, and California acquiesced and adopted the Center for Disease Control's three-foot guidance, which matches actually what the World Health Organization says at one meter. So we are going to be able to have students be three feet apart instead of four feet apart. That may not sound like a difference maker, but it's absolutely enormous at grades four through six, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. The other piece that the judge said was that you can't have differences between elementary and secondary students in the guidelines for reopening. So the idea that secondary schools could not reopen based solely on being in the purple was thrown out. So even though we were still purple at the time of this recording, we were able to reopen our schools on Thursday using the same guidelines that elementaries were able to reopen. There are differences between elementary and secondary, and I'll detail those in just a couple of minutes. Okay, so first let's start with elementary. We started back with our TK through third grade students a couple of weeks ago, four days a week, with all of those students in their classrooms. That has been going remarkably well. Beginning next week, we will start with our fourth through sixth grade, also all students back in their classrooms for three days. That will be Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Then we will be gone for spring break. The reason we can now move to fourth through sixth grade in their classrooms is the rules by CDPH have been removed from four feet distancing to three feet distancing, which now allows for all of those students to fit in their classrooms. We look forward to a wonderful week next week with our kids on campus. 
So that brings us to secondary schools, and parents may be wondering why aren't we going back full time every day instruction after spring break with our secondary students? Why are we still in a hybrid, and why are we stepping through a couple of weeks of half day hybrids before we go full day hybrids? And the reason for that has to do with the differences between elementary schools and secondary schools. One of the differences is that, of course, students rotate between classes at secondary schools. So instead of having one teacher and one classroom. Every student has six or seven, and that creates far many more contacts between students and teachers and everyone involved on the campus. Another difference is if you've ever seen a secondary school during lunchtime or passing periods, there just simply isn't the level of control at a secondary school that you have at an elementary school where students line up and walk around the campus in a very orderly fashion. That just doesn't happen at secondary schools. So we need time to practice. With our secondary students, the kinds of traffic patterns and passing period and lunchtime behaviors that we need to have to keep students safe. The other piece, the final piece, is that there is a lot of data that suggests that while elementary age students are far less likely to catch COVID nineteen and actually physiologically seem to be somewhat not immune but less likely to catch it, for secondary students that's not the case. The disease acts more like it does with adults, and they are more susceptible to getting it. So that means that extra caution is called for. For all those reasons, we decided that it was going to be best to work our way in a few stages back towards full time. So the first step is to go to a half day hybrid, where the students go to half their schedule. Half the students go each day, Monday and Tuesday. The other half of the schedule is carried out on Thursday and Friday, and that reduces the amount of contacts. The students will grab their lunches on the way off campus. We'll still have lunch lines, so we can practice how those need to work. But then they leave, and there's fewer contacts. If we do well with that, and we don't have large spreading of the disease, then we will be able to go to a full day hybrid starting on April 19th. That sounds like a long ways away, but because of spring break, it's actually only after two complete week cycles of doing the half day hybrid. Once we've seen how the full day hybrid works, then we will look at the possibility of not having a hybrid. But I don't want people to be overly optimistic about that. By the time we're looking at it, it's going to be into the early part of May, and depending on how safe things appear, it may or may not be feasible to do that. But it is certainly something that we will be looking into. So, as we talk about other activities for students, our elementary students will begin again participating in live PE and live music programs. Of course, we will need to continue to follow the guidance from CDC, which will include not singing while inside a building and limiting the use of wind instruments. But they are very excited to have elementary PE and music returning. Along with that, our secondary students have begun participating in athletic programs. Now they've been conditioning for several months now. However. We have just been given some guidance and parameters for which they can begin playing games. With us today, we have Dr. David Viss, who oversees the district athletic programs, and he is going to give us some specific information about which sports our students are currently participating in. Yes, hi. For high school athletics, I'll give a kind of a quick overview of where we are at, what sporting events are currently taking place, and what we'll be looking forward to in the future. Um, currently, cross country has concluded. That ended on March 16th. Girls tennis and girls golf are wrapping up towards the end of their season, which will conclude for tennis March 31st and for golf March 25th. Again, as Dr. Wickham explained, these athletes have been conditioning since the start of the school year, just following guidelines. 
And sports that are currently taking place is swimming, football, cheer, and boys golf. And these will continue following the guidelines that each league is given based upon following COVID guidelines and safety. Some sports that will be coming up that have started practice, so not conditioning, but an actual official practice, are boys tennis, boys and girls soccer, track and field, as well as baseball and softball. Sports that are still in just the conditioning stages, so they're not practicing yet, they are outdoors and conditioning, are boys and girls basketball, boys and girls volleyball, as well as boys and girls wrestling. So these are indoor sports, so they're conditioning right now outside, they're not fully practicing yet. Again, we're following the guidelines. As we move into the red tier, we'll be looking at participating in these sports, again, following the guidelines given to us. In conclusion, I want to thank our high school athletic directors for just the hard work and the effort they put into getting our students back into athletics. The students are very excited. They've had an opportunity to get back and working with their coaches as well as their teammates, and it's been a very positive experience for our students. I know these seasons are shortened. There's no playoffs that are tied with them. But just the opportunity for our students to be able to be back on campus with their coaches, with their fellow classmates has been a very positive experience and an experience that we're excited for our students to participate in. Thank you, Dr. Viss, for that thorough update on our athletic programs at the high schools. And we certainly are excited to go see students participate in their sporting events. So with that, Dr. Siegel, I know that you have been very hard at work ensuring that any employees that would like a vaccine have access to the various clinics that have been in our county. Would you mind giving us an update on where we are with that? Yes, Dr. Wickham, we've been busy making sure our employees know where and when they can get vaccines. Educators were a high priority, and at this point, I believe that most of our employees who want to get vaccinated have initiated that process and are at most now waiting for their second shot or waiting for the two-week period post-second shot to be run so they can be considered fully vaccinated. We were able to work with some partners. I want to acknowledge them. Series Modern Urgent Care really stepped up and arranged for our employees to be able to get shots there. Walgreens was fantastic and did a vaccine clinic with the Johnson & Johnson single-dose vaccine for a number of employees. And we also had a lot of help from the county public health department with their vaccine clinics. Between the various ways our employees can get vaccines, I believe, as I said earlier, that everyone who wants to have initiated the vaccine has done so. So we're looking forward to, probably by the time we come back from spring break, having the bulk of those who want to be vaccinated, vaccinated. So as we are seeing the light of the end of the tunnel, there are so many people to thank and acknowledge as we are approaching, hopefully, the end of the COVID era. And I have to begin with our employee associations, including all of our staff and their patience and their work ethic and their resilience in still providing the best education possible for our students during this pandemic from feeding children lunches to transporting students to even just working with one student in their class in order to keep the student and the staff member safe. And it's just so refreshing to see classrooms filled with children and playgrounds with laughing kids who are thoroughly enjoying being back at school. 
We also need to thank our families, our families who have been supportive and been patient with us as we have navigated these unchartered territories and just making the best decisions that we could with the information that we had at hand. And there aren't enough thank yous that can possibly go around, but let's hope that this truly is the light at the end of the tunnel and that our next series will have a completely different title. So along with that, thank you to our students, family, and staff. I know that Dr. Siegel has some concluding words and final thought. Thank you, Dr. Wickham. I'd like to echo your sentiments about how great everyone has been through these trying times. And it is a relief to know that as we approach the end of the year, things are looking up and getting better. That's going to be it for this episode of Series Learns. When we return next time, we will address end-of-year activities and graduation and hopefully have some good news for all of our listeners on that front. We do appreciate you, our listeners, tuning in and invite you to send us your questions for future episodes at communications at series.k12.ca.us. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Stay safe.